one. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Ethan Brown Podcast. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Today I'm joined by my friend, Flynn. Say hi, Flynn. Oh, hey, guys. Welcome to the Ethan Brown Experience. Ethan Brown Experience. Oh, that's a that's a good way to put it. So, um, Flynn, tell me a bit about yourself. Or tell the viewers or listeners at home about, about yourself. Hi, I'm Ethan's friend. Friend in quotation marks. <laughs> um, uh, I'm here. I think my main interests would be engineering, drawing, and filming. So, engineering, drawing, and filming, that's an interesting bunch. I can get the engineering and drawing to connect, but uh, tell me a little bit more about filming. Also, filming, I think, is probably one of my passions because uh, me and my brother growing up, I think we did a lot of uh, backyard filming with old iPods or cameras we could find, making scenes. I've always been interested in editing. I think uh, maybe memes brought that to life a little bit, as funny as it sounds. Oh, yeah, memes. Don't you just love a good meme? I'm very relatable. Um, working with green screens is very fun. Yep. Uh, also, um, comedy is something I really like. So um, comedy, comedy shows, putting together comedy with the cameras is something really cool that we can do. Also, acting is quite fun, uh, reading lines, creating your own world that you can film, and maybe one day if I do get into the bigger film es- industry with um, special effects and all that, awesome. that can make that really a big um, big reality. Yeah, so what sort of um, themes and stuff are you interested in, or sections, segments of the film industry that you, you, you re- really want to do that you share a massive interest in? Um, so I think lighting, lighting is something I'd want to get into if I was to go, um, big time. Um, maybe, I know it sounds a bit creaky, but like a YouTube, maybe skit channel. That would be really cool. Also, um, being an editor, not so much for movies, but, um, advertisements maybe. Yeah. That would be something cool. That's, that's, that's awesome. So, um, short films, commercials, things like that. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I hear that you do media at school. What does that entail? Uh, so media this year, it's... um. Uh, the first term was very centred around uh, video games. This year was the first year for video games, so we were starting off by making our own 8-bit RPG. So that was very simple, using a preset program to actually just put in sprites and using some actual programming to command them and also um uh, building maps using different tools awesome that sounds really cool what was your game about or rpg uh, my game was uh about a town full of chickens and um the town's mascot which was actually a cow uh got stolen from city gardens and so it was your chicken's quest to uh Retrieve the cow. Wow, that's a that's a incredible story. I reckon they should make that into a live action. Do you reckon? It's very interesting, very kooky. Yes, I highly agree with the idea of making that a live action film. Um, and so, a last term, part of the media package was um, uh, reenacting a segment from the intro scene so like the first two minutes of a full film and that was to do with um understanding genre a bit more 
oh, by um, doing the intro of, I think it was four or five different genres of film that we had to choose from. Yep. And then uh, this term, uh, we're actually doing the reality TV show oh, yeah. uh, aspect. And that's very cool. We're learning, uh, spoiler alert, but a lot of reality TV shows are very artificial and staged. Uh, not so much like scripts and that, but they can be very manipulative. They have a lot, uh, the uh, producers have a lot of techniques up their sleeves. So we're really having our um, eyes widened to that. And it's it's very weird looking at these TV shows, which is what we're doing now before we actually create our own, which I might get a bit into later. We're uh, looking at scenes and we're dissecting them. And we're seeing how would they do this shot if they have all these cameras around this table. Imagine what's that, what that's like with six or so cameramen in the same room just filming this dining scene, t- yeah. dining table scene or something. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Like, because a lot I've watched a few reality TV shows. Uh, not that I'd like to admit it, but yeah, sometimes they do feel a bit forced, and it's really cool that you get to analyze that and sort of understand how they did it, why they did it, sort of understanding, yes, this was created artificially. So any sort of ways to detect that for viewers at home to know if it's legit or not? Uh, So I think one of the main things is that, like, the big thing that opened my eyes was this scene where, and I think it's in a lot of reality TV shows, is that um, there's often a scene where the characters will walk through a door into a restaurant or something, and it'll be like, oh, wow, how did they end up in this space randomly? But, um, you know, it, you can tell that it is um, artificial because they would have had to have tons of camera crews inside the actual restaurant or building before they opened the door. Yeah. And then there's scenes where they supposedly meet someone by accident or accidentally in survivors maybe case in the middle of a jungle they accidentally meet there's going to be um there's going to be cameramen all around that jungle yeah it's shortly staged so that was really eye-opening and um you said that you might not want to admit it but you watch quite a few reality tv shows but um uh we're also learning about how maybe they're not the most highest rating shows uh commercial news like the project or today tonight and stuff are but uh reality tv shows are everywhere yeah there'll be at least one channel a time at a time uh playing them so it's really hard to avoid and uh also they're in some of the most uh influential time slots for a uh news company uh tv channels audience so they're, they're really getting in those big numbers yeah, so was that the reality TV shows or the news that's actually getting those prime spots? Oh, the reality TV, yeah. Yeah, so they're, it's a big marketing scheme, so they build these big characters like Kim Kardashian, then she can get paid millions to talk about appetizing, appetize, appetize uh, suppressing lollipops, which are total <laughs> BS. They did like a study on it or something. Yeah, and um, also because people, people, they love a bit of drama, something or discussing was all all the drama aspect which is what draws the people in and something interesting about that is the fact that um it um drama can be quite awkward in everyday life like if you see somebody arguing by themselves at the store or something you will be like in quite an uncomfortable situation but the fact that 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 um we're detached from these people's lives makes us completely involved 
comparable to those effects. And we actually enjoy the drama. I think maybe it's a bit of a release from our everyday lives. We can look, oh, look how um, difficult of a time these people are having. This makes me feel better. Or maybe if they're mocking a certain group, you can go, hey, I like to mock this certain group too. This is a release for me. Yeah, so you're saying it's like we get to look at their lives and go, damn, my life's so good because I don't have that in my life. Yeah, and um, maybe just mocking people. Yeah. In the case of a lot of, let's say, dance moms, which has a lot of drama and cat fights in it, we can look at that and laugh at that. But if we were in that situation, we would not be happy with that. No. You also mentioned um, people hating on other groups. I can think of a very prime example of that, Donald Trump. Um, the only reason he got elected in is because he was racist and people agreed with him. They said the things that they said to themselves but wouldn't say to anyone else. Yeah, so a lot of what these um, reality TV shows actually have the ability to do is because they have such big org- um, audiences, they can poke fun at certain groups. Yeah. They may not um, be able to poke fun at every group. For example, poking fun at blacks in a reality TV show. That would be like very looked down upon. Yes. But the thing... In today's society, you're not so much allowed to um, make fun of the groups underneath yourselves, but you can punch up, as the term is, and uh, attack groups above yourself. So you can attack the government. You can attack rich white people who rule the world. Yeah. But um, attacking those smaller groups is obviously not okay. So they have that ability to target these big icons and... Out, um, point out holes in them, their logic or whatever. So that's why. So that's why Alex Baldwin's so successful in his um, impressions of Donald Trump because he's a higher, higher being than us, essentially. And we go, haha, that's funny. Yeah, and um, also, if if they're pointing out holes in this person, then um, it's probably because people can relate. They don't like this person. They dislike them. So they can go, hey, I agree with this. I'm gonna watch it. But also, if they're um, if they're pointing out um impurities in someone that's seen as um a very good person then it's also quite eye-opening if they do it in the right way they may get a lot of backlash for us to people going hey you're right this person that everybody looks up to is actually not that good a guy so yeah that's something interesting about it too yeah just going back to the donald trump thing um some of those followers like people that support him they're absolutely stupid you know what i mean like, they're blind, blind supportiveness. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's, that's very, so, that's something that you can point out, um, that's, like, looking at people and you're like, how can they be this stupid? But in their world, they, they must think that everybody else is stupid for not agreeing it. It's kind of like... like I, I don't think it's something so much as opinion as just straight their beliefs, like something that they you can't really change to be very hard because yeah. they're just like rock solid in that yeah definitely like um it's kind of like oh what was i going to say yeah there was this example of like a nail company who um were going uh they like donald trump put like a tax on some import thing and they had to lay off 60 people in their factory and they said no no we completely support him he's doing the right thing Uh, he's trying to do the right thing by us even though donald trump was the one that passed that tax yeah um maybe maybe not so much in that case in that case it might be something else beyond my understanding but um also 
to keep keep an open mind, you might just have to think these people may have been supporters of Donald Trump before he got into this whole political debate. So they they might just have to stick with that. Um, so you're saying the people that watch reality TV? <laughs> uh, not necessarily the people that watch reality TV, but um, I don't know. May, maybe someone who knows Trump for some of his uh, more flattering appearances. Yeah. I don't know where the more flattering appearances of Donald Trump are, but um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Maybe like, we're yet to find them. The example Maybe these people can see in the future. The example of people supporting people because they think that they they know a secret that no one else does is kind of like the example of crazy people not knowing they're crazy. Like for example, right now, I think that I'm doing a podcast with Flynn, but um, I may be just sitting in the corner of a mental asylum going Flynn, Flynn, Flynn. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. I'm going to need a second to just rethink life. <laughs> My apologies, Flynn. X-Files theme plays. Do-do-do-do. Oh, wait, no, that's not X-Files. That's Illuminati. The same thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, that's copyrighted. Let's not sing that. <laughs> it's okay. It's a cover. Oh, yeah. Um, by By me. It's so bad that it can't be copyrighted to be anything similar to a song. Yeah, so a controversial topic here, talking about the people that are think they have a secret nobody knows, and uh, they they are uh, uh, constantly tell themselves they're not crazy and that everybody else is. Oh, flat earthers, hello. Oh yeah, flat earthers. Uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> so Flynn, can I ask, are you a flat earther? No, I'm not actually a flat earther. If you said yes, I would have had to kick you off the podcast instantly. Oh, well, good choice then. <laughs> Yeah, where did these people even get these beliefs? Like, do you reckon it's all a bunch of people who think they're doing it for the memes and fooling other people who think they're doing it seriously but are actually also doing it for the memes? Look, that crosses my mind with a lot of these things where it's like, surely they're doing this as a joke, they're not serious. But, like, I've, I've seen quite a lot of it in the media. It's something that's made fun of quite a bit. And I think these people are dead serious. I think for a solid time, they're, they're people... It, it was a general belief, Earth is round, yes, but then people, people probably in like uh, 60s kind of hipster, 60s, 70s, probably started looking back to, uh, as a lot of them did to old times, and they're like, hey, these people thought the Earth is flat. Hey, um, look at all these uh, notes they had about the Earth is flat. Surely it must be. There's no other evidence here, but this bias source tell me the Earth is flat. There's no evidence here that the Earth is round. Surely that must be the answer, and then it just spreads like that. Yeah, that's scary, though, man. Like that, that makes up for a percentage of our population. Those people get to vote. Yeah, well, I mean, if there was a vote on whether the Earth was flat or not, I think I might um, be concerned, but... um. On, on the pure fact that I think most of them is just that belief and that they're not actually crazy, they've just been misguided. Yeah. That they have a lot of reasonable reasonable thoughts about other things, but maybe just that they were um, a bit misguided on. Yeah, similar to that, um, people that think vaccinations cause autism. Oh, yeah, science. Science, yeah. So um, if you don't know this, uh, our school's science department in year nine 
are researching, or we're researching, about vaccines and how do we disprove the fact that they cause autism. Um, so what we've had to do is we have to research these groups and find all the terrible memes they make about vaccines causing autism. Yeah, I think, I think one of the big things with that is maybe not so much the autism part, but the, when, when we really looked into this, there was a lot of scary things about the vaccines, but um, if you actually do the research, like mercury in it, that, that's very off-putting, that it actually contains the pathogen. The fact that you even have to put a needle in your arm might be what puts a small percentage off getting vaccinated. Yeah. But um, I think I think after all that, I actually looked into it. I was the person who did a lot of research into the myths and then how debunking the myth, how to debunk the myths. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of the other side of the spectrum, and there was a lot of factual information. It's just a, it's not just a doctor's telling me this, so it's I believe it. I'm like, yeah, I can see how that works. They put mercury in it for this, but it's such a small amount that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's that's really good. Like going out there and doing your own research. Like, but these people who think they're right. They have their opinion, and they don't. They definitely don't want to change it because someone told them to change it. Yeah, it, it's it's very hard when you have that um rock solid belief that this is the truth. All yeah. these people are crazy. If if you think everybody else is wrong, then how are you ever going to believe them? Do you understand? Yeah. See, it's it's all about having that open mind and sort of accepting yeah. new ideas. And like with us, like if we were closed-minded and said, no, nope, they're stupid, we've got to sort of understand where they're coming from, but then we also got to understand the counteracts for it. Yeah, and also um, the main problem for us was these people have this rock-solid belief. How in the world are we going to shift that belief into um, something that's actually different, like, for example, the truth? So um, it's it's like... I think a lot of how this surface is shock for the first point and then um, also miss it on education. So they haven't been told the right things. They've been told all the wrong things. Yeah. So then uh, maybe we need... In the, in the media, um, scare factor is a big thing, right? Yeah, you definitely. see those anti-obesity ads, you see those anti-smoking ads, and they're terrifying. Yeah. You don't want to end up like that. That's... The government, that's their biggest tactic. And that's, it's um, a good, it's a successful tactic. It's like obesity rates went down and, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's very scary. But um, also it works the other way. If somebody's being told these vaccines contain all these terrible things, they're killing your children. No mother wants their children to die. No, but and no mother wants their children to die of polio either. So you yeah. should vaccinate your kids. That's the... But, but they're just blind to that. Yeah. And they're like, um... Yeah, anyway, so so a thing that I think the government needs to do is have um, a part of our presentation is making PSAs about how vaccines are actually these wonderful things that are saving millions of lives in these regional areas like Africa. They're helping wipe out these terrible diseases that are killing millions of infants, like rotavirus and that. But... um. In the media, there is just nothing about vaccines. And with this sudden controversial outburst of vaccines cause autism, vaccines have all these terrible things. You see in the media, these short films are being created. This, po- this poster was put up in um, Fremantle with, do you know what's in your vaccines? And um, I think the government should really play a bigger pol- uh, part in this by actually putting out some vac- um, 
uh, PSA is saying, you may have been told this, but this is not true. You do not need to worry. Yeah. These vaccines, they're getting handed out at the schools. They're saving all these lives. You may think this, but this is the reality. It contains mercury. It's not enough to kill someone. We've conducted all these tests. The pharmaceutical companies look very deeply into this. We've learned from our mistakes. Maybe we had a failed vaccine with a very um, low actual working rate compared to others. Maybe it was like only 70% worked. We reworked it. Maybe one oh, had a lot of bad side effects. We reworked that. Now we know what to look out for. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm really amazed by the fact that the government hasn't put out many many uh, pieces into the media explaining yeah. vaccines a little bit better. I've only just started thinking about that, that now. Like, what the hell, Malcolm? Like, why aren't you putting out more ads? Yeah, and especially with that huge controversial outbreak, because everybody's getting told these vaccines are terrible, but no one's telling them anything else until now. Yeah, but in my opinion, it's it's so hard to move someone's opinion once it's been set in stone, like... You can show them this, and then they put out an ad saying, "Oh, the science says this," but then they're gonna go, "No, but the science is lying." Like these kind of these people have that sort of, th- yeah. Yeah, it, it is very hard to sway opinion, even with solid evidence. People still come back, debate it, but I think I think even if there's just a if even if there's a small portion of um of people who are very on the fence about it, they're like. I don't know what to believe. Maybe if the government put that out, they can go, okay, I actually trust this. I was on the on the fence. Yeah. I wasn't doing it because I wasn't sure. If I get vaccinated, I can't get unvaccinated until it runs out in the next, like, 10 years. So I'm just not going to do it and risk it. But then these PSAs come out. They're like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to do it. Even that very small percentage or even putting that information into the eyes of those who are anti-vax, even if they go, I'm not going to listen to that. That's still in their mind. Yeah. And that small percentage that may be swayed by, that even if it's like 10,000 people that actually decide to get vaccinated now, then um, then I think the cost of those ads and that peace of mind, the human life is, you can't put a price on that. So I think that yeah, of course. would be a really good thing to do. Yeah, what's kind of unfair though is these parents that aren't vaccinating their kids because they've been scared into thinking that it's going to hurt their children. I think we should show them scare tactic ads that show their children getting diseases such as polio, measles, chickenpox, and dying. Unfortunately, it could happen if you didn't vaccinate kids, dying from these diseases horribly because you didn't vaccinate them out of fear. Yeah, these children don't get a choice in this. When the uh, routine vaccinations at age five come out in our primary schools, they they have no choice in the matter. It's their parents. I don't think that... um, I don't think something quite as radical as compulsory vaccinations, but I don't think um, that uh, in in the school curriculum, maybe, even if it's like in older years when they can actually properly understand that, if children uh, get taught about the properties, the good things of vaccines, like what we're doing now, everybody in our class is obviously like, yes, vaccines are very good, even if I don't already get vaccinated. I now know this information when I have children in 10 or so years. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to vaccinate them now. So you say we start, so, we start but, at the bottom of the chain, so, like, work with the kids to develop them and then sort of eliminate that disbelief. Yeah. Also, going back to the uh, compulsory vaccination, I think definitely there should be some incentives. Like, maybe um, 
maybe uh, if you get your child vaccinated, the routine vaccinations, childcare costs are lower because you have lower risk of catching one of these diseases. Yeah, that would be good, like healthcare and um, what's it called? Um, uh, childcare, Medicare. Yeah, health insurance and stuff. It gets cheaper if you're vaccinated. If, it, if you're not vaccinated, they charge you more because you're at a higher risk. Yeah, for example, like Yui, if you uh, walk to work every day or ride the bike... Uh, you have cheaper <laughs> car insurance because you don't use it that much. And, and if, if you're, you're vaccinated for every disease out there, uh, you're not going to get that. So, yeah, it's cheaper. And uh, a dime of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So just stopping something before it ever happens and you have to clean it up is so much better. Yeah. Also, um, going back into my newfound knowledge of vaccinations... Um, if at least a few people were getting vaccinated, that means with herd immunity, that it gives the rest of the populace a much lower chance of actually catching these diseases as well. So oh. even swaying a small amount of people through herd immunity, if a lot of people are immunised, then therefore they can't actually get the disease. So it means the disease can't spread as well. Yep. Also, so then it gives unvaccinated people lesser chance of getting it heard a minute yes. i haven't heard of that one uh, when doing research but that that seems really interesting so the kind of concept where more people vaccinated the less likely it is for them to pass it on or to be the initial receiver yeah yeah so that's something really good that was a definite definite um, topic that our class was uh it was compulsory to actually research that oh, i think okay. that's something really big yeah um also Going back to um, the herd immunity, um, also, when a, if a parent is vaccinated, when their child is actually born, they have, like, a temporary amount of that immunity too. Yeah. So that can stop... When, when a child's immune system is at their weakest when they've first been born, it means that they've already got that level of protection. Yeah, so vaccination is really important. If you're listening and you're thinking about not vaccinating your kids, don't do that. Vaccinate your kids. Just just do it. Please. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, also in the media, I saw that they were um, developing vaccines that could um, orally be taken, so you could just drink them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, that would make it so much easier. I know for me, I'm very queasy around the needles. So yes, not a lot of people like it. that. That's the kind of fear factor bit about it. Yeah, that would make it a lot easier for me, even in a pill. Yeah, just imagine, yeah. like, just like a tablet for, like, any vaccination you want, and then you just take that. Done. No needles, yeah. none of that. I, I'd assume, though, it would be less effective, though, because if you put it straight into your arm, I'm not sure how that works. Like Straight into the bloodstream, it's already going around in your immune system, yeah. I don't think they put it into the bloodstream. They don't direct it, uh, inject it directly into a vein or artery. They just stick it into your arm. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, I guess it makes its way through the capillaries. I don't know how these things work. Yeah. We're getting too technical. Yes. But I know, that, I know that, that that would make the decision definitely much easier for me. Yeah. Also on the fact that you could just take all your vaccines at the same time like that. Um, a lot of concern is around how much vaccine, how many vaccinations you can take before it'll overload your body. Yeah. And um, I think it was like, it was like if you took every single vaccination uh, that's been formulated now and there's like a list of 20, 
then you would still only reach like 5% of your maximum capacity of how much you could take at one time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you could make one tablet for every vaccine. Yeah, it might be a big tablet, but you surely could. <laughs> or you could make a cough syrup style thing. Mm. Uh, maybe, I don't know how this would really work, but maybe they're concerned that if people take it orally, they can say, hey, I'm going to take this pill pretend to take it not actually take it they're like hey they're vaccinated but really they're not i don't see how that would be too big an issue though yeah that yeah i suppose also um since it actually contains strains of the virus maybe the problem is actually getting it into the bloodstream if it's not injected straight into there maybe if it goes through your throat all the white blood cells will kill all the actual working ingredients in there yeah. before it can get to you so yeah there's a little bit of logistics that goes around that you got to sort of scientists get on that like develop it we, we need it <laughs> yeah um yeah i know just like even like if it was just a vial you had to drink as yeah. unprofessional as i would sound it's so, so much easier so you'd prefer a vial of liquid even if it tasted terrible over a needle in your arm uh, that's a good point yes i would but the taste, that's that's a very good point. Yeah. Maybe maybe it just tastes like shit. Potentially. This is, this is no longer a, a PG podcast. PG, PG podcast. Apologies to everyone listening. Um, Parents, uh, just cover your kids' ears. I'm sorry for your young ones. Yeah. So um, we've gone for 30 minutes. How do you feel about that? Yeah, we did it. 30 minutes of vaccination talk. Woo. We actually have a topic for this episode. Yeah, it was, it was a very enjoyable episode. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Flynn. Thank you very much for having me. I hope to be back yeah. in the future, maybe sometime. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you're listening now, I'd really appreciate it if you screenshot the podcast and then put it on your Insta story or something like that. I really want to get more people interested in this. Um, so this episode and the previous episode are going to be released at the same time at the end of the week. Then you'll have uh, two pieces of content to pre- uh, consume, and then we'll go to weekly podcasts. So yeah. Uh, so will this be going up on uh, YouTube? Uh, no. It well, uh, we could put it on YouTube. If you're listening to this on YouTube, leave it a like. Um, but we'll be going on to Anchor, uh, Spotify, and Apple. All right. Yeah. Awesome. So. Yep. For, uh, one more time. Thank you very much for coming on, Flynn. It was good to have some deep conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for stopping by. All. It's been really fun. Not a problem. All right. I'll see you go see all you guys in the next podcast. Mm-hmm.